Good morning. This is Sunday morning, March the 20th, and it is really springtime. And of course, this is that time of year, the Ides of March. So the special time, the world is turning. I hope you're doing well, and I hope you are uh, able to find ways to kind of um, regulate the amount of news and bad news and repetitious news that you're watching and try to focus on gifts of kindness that you can do for others and ways you can do good things for yourself taking good care of yourself, nurturing yourself, uh, nurturing those that you can, and being, being a beacon of light, a beacon of peace and kindness and generosity to others and help others um, appreciate those qualities in themselves, recognize their beautiful qualities, because there's often... Not much we can do about the, the uh, world outside beyond our, just beyond this body. And so the way we make a difference is to, is to be a light, is to be peace, is to be kindness. And just let those be the qualities. And I hope, I know most of you are doing that. And sometimes that's all we can do. We can't change samsara. We can't change other people. Uh, sometimes there, we can be a witness and that might be all. But try to help others around you. If they're getting caught up in bad news and they're frightened or um, really saddened by the world or uh, disheartened, and maybe you can point them towards good, positive things that they can be doing to uh, brighten the world just within their own uh, energy field, you know? Maybe, maybe there are ways they can be helpful to people and help them not focus. It's really easy with all of the, uh, with what connections we have media-wise to the rest of the world, it's often easy to get caught up in the bad news. And that's the world of samsara. That's always going to be that way. And we know, and reading this book is one of the ways too, Heartwood of the Bodhi Tree, we know from the Buddha's teachings that um, that, that peace that we find, is it comes from within. We're not going to find it without or outside of ourselves. And uh, the only way we can change this world of samsara is for everyone in this world to change. So that just has to begin with us. So um, it's lovely to see so many of you and some familiar faces and names. So why don't we, uh, we didn't, on Friday didn't have time to meditate. There were really good questions, but let's, I'll try to stop. I won't read too much, and then we'll sit. So, this is a <laughs> the section that we're about to start today. It's not a new chapter, it's just the last uh, 
the last part of our chapter on levels of sunyata, and that is basically practicing with that concept of anatta, of of, uh, not self, The last section is called Search for the Pearl, which is what we're trying to do all the time, isn't it? When Buddhism spread to China, the China of those days, the Chinese of those days, were intelligent and clever enough to accept it. Eventually, there arose teachings such as those of Wei Neng and Huang Po. I'm sorry, I don't really know Chinese, so... Wang Po, which explained mind, Dhamma, Buddha, the way, and voidness in just a few words so that people could understand. A typical first sentence from their teaching might point out that mind, Buddha, Dhamma, the way, and voidness are all just one thing. Just this is enough. There is no need to say anything more. One sentence is equivalent to all the scriptures. However, we may not understand. It's especially hard for those of us studying and practicing in the old style because we have no way at all of understanding such a statement. We ought to feel a little ashamed on this account. Then our understanding would grow more quickly. Further, the Chinese Buddhists said that voidness is by nature always present, but we don't see it. Voidness is that emptiness. There's that possibility of seeing everything with complete clarity and seeing every object in nature without our own I, me, and mine getting in the way. So the Chinese Buddhists said that voidness is by nature always present but we don't see it. True. Similarly, I will say that everyone at this moment has a mind that is by nature void. But not only do we not see it, what's more, we will not accept that this is sunyata. Wang Po scolded us for being like someone who, without knowing it, has a pearl attached to his forehead, yet goes searching all around the world for that same pearl. Perhaps we'll even search outside the world, into the hells, heavens, and the Brahma worlds. Not seeing what is stuck to our foreheads, we seek all around the world, and if that's not enough, in the other realms. So please, just for a while, look very closely to see what is there on your forehead and how you're going to get your hands on it. I like that. That's all. That's all about that. What that preciousness that we have is is all right there within us. When speaking of the way to grope for the pearl, the Chinese teachers spoke even more profoundly. The Chinese Zen master said, "There's no need to do anything. Just be still, and the mind will become void by itself." These words, "Just be still," there's. No need to do anything, have many meanings. Our minds are naughty and playful. They wander about the wander about the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and body, gathering sense objects. 
Having let them in, we are stupid enough to allow ignorant dhammas to climb into the driver's seat so that there is nothing but grasping and clinging to I and mine. This is called being naughty, refusing to be still. Being still means not admitting sense objects, so this is the opposite of this being naughty. Being still means not admitting sense objects into the mind, being content to let them founder like waves on the shore. For instance, when the eye sees a form, if there is merely seeing, that is called not admitting visible forms into the mind. If you can't do that, and feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction, and remember, Vedana is what we call those feelings. Those are those tonal qualities. They're not feelings or not emotions in the Buddhist teachings. It's probably not a good translation because we always think feelings and emotions are the same. So if you can't do that, and feelings of satisfaction or dissatisfaction arise, stop right there. Don't begin desiring according to those vedana, those those tonal quality feelings. If the wave stops there, the mind has a chance to be still. But if we act to extend a feeling of satisfaction, in a moment I and mine emerge. Or if we act in response to a feeling of dissatisfaction, there will be dukkha or suffering, disease. Either way, it is called not being still. The being still of the Zen masters refers to that very practice which the Buddha taught, seeing that nothing whatsoever should be grasped at or clung to as being I or mine. Being still is identical in meaning to sabe dhamma nalang abhinavesa. If there is nothing whatsoever to be clung to, and those are words we chant, if there is nothing whatsoever to be clung to, what possible purpose can there be in busying and confusing ourselves, in rushing about things and disturbing them, rather than just being still? We must look for sunyata, which is truly worthy of our aspiration. To say that there is a kind of voidness that gives rise to cessation, purity, clarity, or peace is still to be speaking in conventional terms, truly speaking. There is nothing other than voidness. There is only this one thing. And voidness is not the cause of anything. It is Buddha. It is Dhamma. It is Sangha. It is the way. It is purity, clarity, and peace. All these things are there in sunyata. If we still say that voidness is the cause of this or that, we show that we haven't yet reached supreme voidness. Because if we have reached the supreme, we don't have to do anything. By being still, there is Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, purity, clarity, peace, Nibbana, anything, everything, in that immutable, unconcocted state. Wong Po had an extremely simple method for teaching people how to recognize sunyata. 
He gave them the riddle. Look at the mind of a child before its conception. I would like to present you with this puzzle. Look at the child's mind before the child is conceived in the womb. Where is it? If you can find it, you will be able to find voidness easily, just as if you were grabbing the pearl that's already there on your forehead. So, here's the puzzle. How to recognize sunyata, that letting go of all of what we think of as ego, I, mine, this is me. How to let go of that, how to see with pure perception, without our perception being based on our, with us, to just let us be able to see things as they truly are. Look at the mind of a child before its conception. Look at the child's mind before the child is conceived in the womb. Where is it? If you can find it, you will be able to find voidness easily, just as if you were grabbing the pearl that's already there on your forehead. So the next section is practicing with voidness. So how to practice with it. What does that mean? How to practice with it in our lives, integrate it into our uh, way of life. So I'm going to check through that and see if we want to go uh, continue with it. So these are all um, ideas from Buddha Dasa. Yesterday I had the uh, such a wonderful uh, day with Lee Brasington, who's a really well-known Buddhist teacher, and uh, he referred to uh, Buddha Dasa and was actually uh, a student of his and some other great teachers, and the, the whole day was on dependent origination and the voidness and sunyata and um, the, the, it, was, it was the most incredible day. It was an online Zoom through the Insight Meditations, the Sati Center, which is connected to Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, uh, Gil Fronsdale's. IMC. So they have a wonderful schedule of things on Zoom, and uh, most everything is free. With they, they if you can if you can give a donation. So he told us yesterday that if if any donations that people gave for the entire day would go to their Ukraine uh, fund, which goes directly to help people, specifically to help people in Ukraine. And uh, that's, I thought, what a, how generous. It was a day that I think there were about 70 people on Zoom, and it was an incredible day. And uh, it, it was just wonderful. So check out uh, the Sati Center, which is in Redwood City in California, and uh, Gil Fronsdale and... Lee Brassington, B-R-A-S-I-N-G-T. 
T-O-N, and I'll, pro- I'll try to get more of that information out to you. But it was a it was a wonderful way to spend the day because he was so good at explaining some of these difficult concepts. So I have lots of notes and I'm reading his book, so hopefully I can share more of that with you. But it was just, it kind of fell into my lap uh, through my email finding out about that yesterday. So why don't we sit? We have time to be together and sit on this beautiful spring day. It's, a, it's an important day for lots of, lots of uh, people it's because it's a, it's, we've had the full moon and this is first day of spring. And uh, let, we can let that lighten our hearts. It's, we have a world that's just a perfect example of samsara doing its best to pull us down. But we can, we can watch that. So if you have friends who are being overwhelmed and feeling lots of hopelessness, suggest to them that they let go of a lot of visual images and repetition of the news all during the day. Try to back away from that. You don't have to be ignorant, but you can read your news. You can um, not. You don't need to have the same stories repeated. And the uh, the visual is very powerful and works on our. You know, we see images that will keep going through our minds over and over again. So that's not uh, that's not healthy. So you might be able to gently encourage people to um, find more light in their lives right now, and don't don't push it if that's if they're if they're happy to be depressed and hopeless, uh, that that may be what they have to go through. But you can certainly suggest to them some positive ways or get out and take a walk. Hopefully I'm going to be doing that soon today. And uh, share something with someone. You know, it's all... uh, We do what we can do. We have compassion. So let's sit and be... We can be with those thoughts of compassion. So close your eyes if you like and just find a posture that allows you to feel awake. Let your back be straight and also comfortable. So if you need to put cushions in different places or to put up against your back or ways that you know will make you feel better or let your spine feel okay, so we all have different physical conditions. That's all okay. be with the body breathing. Be aware of where you most easily feel your breath. It might be in the chest or uh, it's almost if you're breathing 
and you're getting enough oxygen, you can feel it in your belly. Or more subtly, feel it as you breathe in and out through your nose, just around your nostrils. And just use that sensation of the breath as your home base. When we wander away from the breath, then we know we've become distracted. When we see that, we can let go of whatever has distracted us and come back to the breath. can sit with our eyes closed, but our other senses are all active, open, and that includes our mind, so we're thinking. We don't want to repress the thinking, but just allow it to rise up and then just let it go. Try not to hang on to the thoughts. Don't make stories out of your thoughts. Be aware of everything that rises up, then just let it go.
Just be with the sounds. Be aware of any smells or fragrances. Be aware of contact on your skin. Be aware of any taste in your mouth. And just let all of that in through your sense doors, but try not to start turning turning those feelings into uh, thoughts or emotions. Just let them be. See if you can just let it all be. Just be whatever it is. So we're letting go, and we're letting be. Be aware of your good heart. Be aware of that pearl on your forehead. We don't need to go chasing to find it. Send yourself loving kindness. Oh, we've been searching for that pearl for so long. Nurture yourself. Send these blessings to yourself. May I be well. May I be happily contented. May I be peace. Now we can send these same good wishes and blessings to our loved ones, our friends, everyone we know, everyone we care about. May all of my loved ones be well. May they be happily contented. And may they be peace. And may they find that pearl through stillness. May difficult people, difficult people in my life or in the world, people who are difficult, who are challenging, 
people we may even call the enemy. May they be well and may they find happy contentment. May they find true happiness. And may they know peace and feel peace. We know that that is what we want. And we can offer them those wishes. Don't have to agree with them or let them take over the world. We can see what their needs deep down may be, what they may wish for. So may all the difficult people find that pearl within them. And may all people being affected by war and poverty and droughts and hunger and by the vagaries of climate change. May all these people in all parts of the world, the Ukraine, Myanmar, in so many places, in little villages and in entire countries, may all people being affected May they be safe. May they find a place to stay that is safe and where there is kindness. And may they someday be able to even return to their homelands. May they be well. May they feel safe again in this world. May they be able to be content and may they find peace and that peace that comes within. Even in the midst of war, May all beings everywhere live in peace. May everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. So have a beautiful day. Thank you for being part of my practice. And I'll see you Tuesday morning. Thank you. So many of you 
have become familiar faces and a regular part of my practice. So thank you for that. Bye-bye.